Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jeskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. If it seems like I've been lost in, let's remember. You think I'm feeling older and missing my younger days. Oh, then you should have known me much better. My past is something that never got in my way. Oh, no. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. As today we start the big endeavor into the K's. All right. That's right. One it's our song. first and last. Right. <laughs> Keeping the faith, the only K song in the Billy Joel A to Z catalog. Keeping the faith, the 10th and final song off of Billy Joel's ninth studio album, An Innocent Man. The album, An Innocent Man, was released in August of 1983, and the single, Keeping the Faith, was released amazingly all the way in, get ready, September of 1984. As the sixth single released off of an unbelievable seven out of ten on this album. It remained on the Billboard charts for 16 weeks, and on March 23rd, 1985, that's two years, it peaked at number 18. Because, you know, you can't just go ahead and knock off REO Speedwagons. It's an impossible task. It's an impossible task. Oi. Keeping the Faith also appears as the first song of Billy Joel's Greatest Hits, Volume 3. Also on the 12 Gardens Live album and live at Shea Stadium and the My Lives compilation album. In 2015, Christopher Bonanos went on an excursion to rank 121 Billy Joel songs. Elon Altman, where does Christopher Bonanos place the only K song in the catalog? Keeping the Faith. I think that this is not one of the best songs on an innocent man. And so I think he would put it around 68. You are off. He puts it at 39. He liked this a lot. Apparently. And Glenn Gamboa puts it at 23. Glenn Gamboa. Oh man. (laughs) The fans rank it at 42. I think I might put it a little lower, but I've never liked this song. I hated that it got released and I had to listen to it on the radio. But where I think if you were ranking out of importance, it is again, uh, we are talking about, and I don't know whether we've completed everything, but this is the final track off the album. I don't know whether we've completed all the final tracks on the album. We certainly are getting close. <laughs> we're getting close. As far as an important song that, again, like we were talking about uh, what's the one off the stranger? The, the Everybody panel. has a dream. Everybody has a dream. This is along those lines in the sense of it's important that it wraps up why an innocent man was made and how it wraps up the album as a whole. So in that sense, although it might not be anyone's favorite song, it does have an importance to it. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting is that even though we think of An Innocent Man as this album of 50s and early 60s inspired songs, this song isn't inspired by something from that era, but it talks about why he made the whole album. 
So it does have like a retro feel. It's kind of got a, a funk to it, but um, it definitely isn't like, oh, some doo-wop song or whatever. It sort of like lives on its own, but it totally says like why he has this nostalgia for that time period. And then it makes sense. Right. And in that sense, you know, you could put it up higher if that's the way you're ranking. So it does make sense that they, uh, you know, put it up a lot higher than we thought it would be. I don't like I do. I actually like the bridge in this song better than the entire song itself. I agree. I think the bridge is the most fun part of the song. I uh, I don't know. Billy likes to write these songs with nostalgic things in them. I, the thing is, for me, as someone who didn't grow up in that era, all these references to things I've never heard of don't hit me as hard. Maybe if I was someone who was Billy Joel's age, this song would be ranked higher because I would remember, oh, Diddy Bop Shades and Lucky Strike Cigarettes. But that, none of that means anything to me. To me either. And, and quite frankly, even in the 80s, I couldn't have cared less either. I really didn't like this song. Uh, what I did like, though, is there's a version, a 2005 version of this song that they do on the Today Show, which I really enjoy. And they, they added an extra instrument into it that I believe our, the guy we're trying to get on the show, David Rosenthal, who became his steady keyboardist and also uh, changes a lot of the arrangements for helping him in lower keys now that he's older. I think he added some sort of electronic keyboard extra to now what they, I think, do live in concert if they play it uh, to this song. And it makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. And actually, even back in the 80s, I guess they released a couple different single versions that were remixes that were more like dancey versions. I mean, it's already kind of a dance song, but they added more of that like electric keyboard sound or more percussion. Well, what you have to understand is that at this time, and, and, and it goes through everything, we're talking about the video and the extra dance mix or whatever it is. In 1985, that's what they were doing for lots of songs. I'll never forget Billy Idol. It might have been Flesh for Fantasy. I think had a I'll never forget that there was a there's, you know, there's a legendary Long Island radio station that Billy Joel was never played on uh, because it was, um, you know, new wave, really new wave. Like it was very uh, they even have a documentary on it because it was so important for people in Long Island who didn't care for Billy Joel, I guess. And they would make these extended dance mixes for these songs. And I remember the flesh for fantasy was called the below the belt mix. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, if they're doing a dance mix extended version for Billy Idol, then the odds of doing it for Billy Joel would make a lot of sense. I mean, what Billy Joel fan wants to hear an extended dance mix to anything Billy Joel does makes no sense. But that is the time period we are talking about, which then brings us to this absolutely legendary music video. Yes, this music video is awesome and so 80s. So 80s and what you also have to understand, because, you know, I was there, they would make these extended videos where, you know, the song isn't starting for, you know, like a minute and a half. I mean, they're all coming off Michael Jackson thriller, you know, changed everything. And then people would just I mean, people would just it, it, we were talking about cool to your school. In, in the Jays, uh, the, the Billy Joel Pound's <laughs> Twisted Sister. If you look at the Cruel to Your School music video, and this is around the same time, it's got to be 85. They It's two minutes before they get to the song of Bobcat Goldthwait as a teacher in a classroom. They don't get to the song until two minutes in. And that's the way they made videos back then. They made little movies. They really got into it. 
And that's why it's funny when you see Billy Joel at the start of music videos where he's just doing all for Lena and all the stuff off glass houses, which is just, you know, this, and then it, be, you know, three years later, it becomes these epic movies. And it's, it's quite fascinating. But yes, it's exciting in a way to see him talk and kind of do the my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Your honor. He's even wearing a leather jacket, I think. Right. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Oh, well, yeah, it's just funny. He's uh, he's spinning that disc in his head and there's a big jury and it costs a lot of money to do. And is all this build up to the actual song. And but it is a a wonderful music video. Uh, of its time and much better than Uptown Girl, which was the worst dance dancing in the history of motion and dancing. Uh, so this was a little better. Billy actually dances a little better in it. And again, it bookends itself with uh, the embarrassment of having the greatest comic of our time, Richard Pryor at the beginning and ending with the worst comic ever joe piscopo and now yes. again you can see in this time capsule that they give joe piscopo this big event at the end keep the faith kid and then he gives a little wink and that's how for some reason big joe piscopo was in this little six-month period and now it just looks stupid he stinks yeah, it's so funny because it's like a big reveal because at first you don't see the person's face and then he reveals that it's Joe Piscopo exactly. and looks at the camera like Norman fell. And it's just so <laughs> funny because like, yeah, who cares? But he must have been so big that it would be exciting to have Joe Piscopo show up in your music video when you have Richard Pryor at the beginning with no lines. Just with showing no up lines. For half a second. The greatest comic in the history of comics. And he has no lines. Yeah, like make him the judge or something. Yeah, it does. Oh, meanwhile. That judge, this guy had been around. He's a legendary character actor, and he used to be in this show in the 70s called Homes and Yo-Yo with him and John Shuck. And it was like one of those legendary shows that never made it. Maybe they did 13 episodes. It was about he was a detective. The guy who's the judge in the video mm -hmm. is the detective, and he his partner was a robot. <laughs> and, and of course, the robot always malfunctioned. It was John Shuck. And uh, you'd press his nose and a picture would come out. It was like a camera, like with like a like a Polaroid picture and it would malfunction. You press his nose and all these Polaroid pictures would come out, you know, like the <laughs> flying out and Holmes and Yo-Yo was legendary. Meet Detective Holmes and his robot partner, Yo-Yanovich. Well, see you tomorrow, partner. I got a date tonight. Hey, Alex, what do you do on a date? You have dinner, you go dancing, you hug a little, you kiss a little, you knack a little. Sounds like fun. What do you do all that with? With a woman. Oh, I'll make a note of that. Holmes and Yo-Yo. Saturday night at 8, 7 Central and Mountain on ABC. He's just a legendary character actor. and He was really terrific as the judge. And, you know, again, this is before my cousin Vinny. And, you know, I think there is something to it where... You know, it's Billy Joel and the judges, you know, the Fred Gwynn, who was another 60s sitcom icon. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they yeah. maybe they maybe this gave them the idea. Yeah, actually, there are some things in this video that I think did inspire other arts. Like, for example, the way that the jury and the people in the courtroom are dancing real herky jerky like really reminds me of the Beetlejuice dinner party scene Tadeo, when they're like possessed and everyone at the dinner party is like doing that weird dance as if people are possessing their bodies. This felt just like that kind of dance. I don't know if that's an actual um, inspiration, but I just saw that similarity. And also there's the end when they leave the courtroom and they're all on those giant keyboard steps, which is just like in the movie Big. Yeah, and this is three years before that. This uh, Those keyboard steps are terrific. And of course, the big thing, the redheaded girl in a Chevrolet, who is, of course, Christy Brinkley, 
And I remember being in college and every girl was obsessed that she was wearing red hair. I mean, we, we all know it's a wig, but Christy Brinkley coming out with red hair was huge to every woman on the planet. Oh, my God. Did you hear? She's the redheaded girl in the Chevrolet or is it Cadillac? Whatever it is. But, uh, Chevrolet. Yeah. I mean, when she, you know, it, we know it's a wig. And yet you're just you were fascinated that Christy Brinkley did this. Meanwhile, again, how stupid would you have to be? This is like when we're talking about Madonna not doing a, a, the, the soundtrack for League, of, League their own. of Their Own. How stupid do you have to be to be dating Christy Brinkley and not put her in a music video? So thank God. And, and she comes out perfectly. And people were so impressed. I was dating a girl that looked just like Christy Brinkley. I know it sounds ridiculous. Back in that day. <laughs> and she was obsessed that she had red hair. Well, I thought it was great. I think she looks hotter as a redhead than as a blonde. I was like, whoa, Christy Brinkley is super hot in this video. She looks like Anne Margaret, like a young Anne Margaret. And what's funny is the outfit she's wearing looks just like what... Um, what Katie Seagal wears on Married with Children. Oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> and she's also doing good acting job with the chewing the gum and trying to be like Marissa Tomei. It's, that's why it's uh, there's a lot of similarities that maybe somebody saw when they came up with the idea for My Cousin Vinny. But, yeah, she's great. And, again, you just have to be so foolish not to use your girlfriend wife when she is a the most beautiful woman on the planet and you're making a music video, which was all about hot girls back in the day and really objectifying them in the way they did you you'd be a a complete dimwit not to uh use your wife or whatever she was at the time uh to not be in it and and it made the video even that much better that it became so popular because you know christy brinkley's in it and it's great and the two of them are cute together when he goes up to her in the car it's cute it's like you just yeah, didn't ask it's for early in their relationship. They weren't married yet. And uh, it's just really, really cool to see them on camera, like the chemistry they had together. You could actually see why she might have liked this guy. Well, you know, and they're still friends like they're very close friends. You know, it didn't I don't know how it ended or whatever, but, you know, there, you can see where there's uh, a connection between them two. You could say alone. they parted the closest of friends <laughs> like Brenda oh, and Eddie. Excellent. Oh, well done, Alon. Well done. <laughs> from a song we haven't done yet i'm not gonna spoil which yeah, one i don't know is, what you're talking about trust me this. it's uh, a reference to a song by billy joel and brenda and eddie are characters in this song oh man it's gonna Speak blow of? your mind yes 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 <laughs> now wouldn't that be the funniest thing if all of a sudden i just said now i've never heard this scenes from an italian restaurant before but i really liked it <laughs> or if you have like a different name for it like yeah i like that song brenda and eddie <laughs> i like that song bottle of red but uh, also in, in the video, just uh, to go back for a second, they, you know, you understand it. And it, it's a very good video in the fact of the way videos are made. You know, it's bad and good. It's a, it's 80s. It's bad dancing. It's it's better dancing than Uptown Girl, but it's bad. And, and better dancing than the Allentown video, which had that awful ballet at the oh end. Oh, my God. Yes. This they, they're doing a little bit of that. kind. You know, there's like the West Side Story style stuff. It comes off way better. Definitely. Yes. You'll notice that when Richard Pryor is reading the paper, it says Billy Joel guilty or innocent. And then at the end, when Joe Pisco is reading the paper, it says Billy Joel, an innocent man. So he got he, off. He got off. And that is a great way to, again, bookend the entire album. Yeah. And apparently in the video, you can hear a little bit of an innocent man playing at some point. I think maybe before this song starts in the in the opening acting part of it. Right. Also, another little um, Easter egg in the video. He's spinning a 45 record 
That is the song Clean Up Woman by Betty Wright, which is where he got the rhythm for this song. And if you listen to that, it's from 1971. You could totally hear the influence. Oh, yes. And for you young folks, that's what a 45 looks like, by the way. It's a small record. (laughs) Yes. And the jury is on one side made up of 1950s people lookalikes. And then the other side is 1960s. This video is so much better than I go to extremes. I just want to punch that lady in the face. Yeah. Right. But that's kind of cool because it's such an Easter egg. Like you could pause this and try to figure out who all the people are, just like you're looking at the Sergeant Pepper cover and trying to figure out who all those little faces are. I saw the Jimi Hendrix guy. I didn't really look too closely at any of the other people. There's no reason to, but it, it is a fun video. And, may, you know, I have a feeling sometimes with that video, that's why they release the song. They're like, well, it'll make a good video, you know, because it's not it's not a classic Billy Joel song. Right. But I bet it was huge on MTV because that's a really fun video to watch. I mean, yeah, not only was it huge and fun, but Christy Brinkley's in it as a redhead, especially, you know, a college girl back then. That's all they were talking about. Oh, my God. She looks amazing as a redhead. Now, in real life, when Billy has that line made it with a red haired girl, he's probably referencing his 1960s girlfriend, Patty Lee Berridge, who was a redhead. Yeah. And that woman sued him for uh, saying that. No, I'm just kidding. I would, you know, who's this guy? I made it with the redhead girl. Why is he saying that? That's not right. Well, I think it was cool for him because back then he was just this like kind of not super cool little Jewish teenager with all these other cool non-Jews around him. I think she was kind of like a real, uh, what do you call it? A shiksa goddess. Listen to this particular paragraph of lyrics. Learned stickball as a formal education, lost a lot of fights, but it taught me how to lose okay. Oh, I heard about sex, but not enough. I found you could dance and still look tough anyway. That's all good. And then it gets weird. Oh, yes, I did. I found out a man ain't just being macho. Then it goes into eight an awful lot of late night drive-in food. So it becomes your life. That's weird. (laughs) Believe me. (laughs) Drank a lot of take-home pay. I was completely talking about that. Yeah. I thought I was the Duke of Earl when I made it with a red-headed girl in the Chevrolet. But it just doesn't make sense. I found out a man ain't just being macho. And then it just says, Ate an awful lot of late. There's no description of what you're saying. You found out a man ain't just being macho for doing what? Eating saying, a lot of awful food? Well, that part's like separate. But I think the whole idea that like you don't have to be super macho to still be a man and you could dance and not look like a sissy. Yes, but it doesn't make any sense. I found out a man ain't just being macho. And then there should be another line. Because if you do this, then you could be okay. You know, like you wanted just, instructions. You wanted to listen oh, to this and be like, how yeah, can I when, be a man, when, Billy? Yeah, how do you find out a man's not just being macho? What's the end result? I don't because you drink a lot of home pay that take home pay and you eat a lot of late night driving food. That's macho. <laughs> <laughs> that's being a man. As Dave's covered in Arby's in his van late at night. I'm macho. That is called going to California for me. There is not one day I don't eat in my car even after dinner. It is such a treat eating in the car when you're in L.A. since I don't have one here. You know, <laughs> like I just go to uh, Del Taco or, of course, Jack in the Box, which they don't have here. And I just sit there, listen to the radio and eat in my car <laughs> like a, <laughs> the only thing I do is I always get an iced tea instead of a soda because I feel like that makes it better because I'm an idiot and nothing about nutrition. Yeah, I used to always do that. Also, I like to get the sweet iced tea. And then I realized the amount of sugar in the sweet iced no, tea must be I like eight times. No sugar iced tea. Oh, well, that's good for you. Right. Well, it makes me feel better when I'm eating six tacos. It helps. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, I made a list of all the nostalgic things that Billy mentions in this song. I don't know what any of these things are, but he says Matador boots, Flag Brothers. I don't know what that is. Chinos, Sharkskin Jacket, Diddy Bop Shades, which apparently no one knows what that is. Luckies, Sensen Mints, Trojan Condoms, Old Spice, Pompadour Hair. I obviously know what that is. That's basically my head all the time. <laughs> True. Iridescent Socks, Stickball, and the Duke of Earl. Well, I obviously, I, I, we know what Trojans are. And oh, I, yeah. before they started making actual men's cologne, Old Spice was the shit. <laughs> it's uh, awful. And uh, people always tell me, uh, uh, the, oh, what is your cologne? I like it because I have a friend who works in fragrance and she told me what to get as a man because some men's colognes are disgusting and I don't think they actually know what men smell like. But most women prefer a man to smell like soap, <laughs> you know, or clean clean <laughs> so uh, i i don't know what these men's colognes are that they're doing like ah you want to smell like a cowboy yeah you know? shoe so, so all they had back in the day was old spice i always say it's a blend of old spice and canoe <laughs> you know my dad and i used to use canoe i mean these oh, are i think they meant like like wet wood yeah, like yeah. a canoe oh <laughs> it's it's disgusting so now thank god they have it but the stickball you grew up in Manhattan. Was that a thing for you? Because it was actually. No, that's before me. my generation. Everyone always talks about it. like, oh, in the tenements and we go out and play stickball and you do this and you, well, you hit it above this thing. It's not my generation either. And yet when, you know, my grandparents were in Brooklyn and we'd hang out there a lot, I would play stickball with the kids. Stickball and stoop ball. And, and, I, and then it makes me feel like I am an, a really old man. <laughs> I think maybe if I lived in Brooklyn, like where there were brownstones with stoops, we right. might have played stoop ball. But in Manhattan, where I grew up, it was all just like high rise kind of buildings. So there's yeah. not really a stoop. You just enter right on the ground floor. Oh, we had other games like that, nice. you know, throwing the ball off the wall, like like handball kind of things. Yeah. A lot of stupid kid games. But yeah, we used to play stoop ball even in Jersey. I like that. That was a good game. But stoop <laughs> ball was the best because, you know, if you hit that corner and you got 100 points, it was way cool. And then uh, people would come to my house when they knew I was at my grandmother's for the week or whatever. These kids, they, they, their accents were so funny. This girl would come by. Yeah. Is Dave around? <laughs> <laughs> his name was Anthony and his sister, Grace. And they go, yeah, is Dave around. <laughs> is Dave around to play some stoop ball? Yeah. And then my grandmother, he can't come out today. It's Yom Kippur. He's not allowed to play. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. All right. Anthony. I remember he lived down. The Anthony street. and yeah, Grace. He was, he was great. Oh, it was great to see those. They were fun. Anthony. <laughs> and Anthony and Grace. It didn't make any sense. I didn't know anybody <laughs> like that. It's like my mother when she was like, I've never met anybody with the name Frankie before. <laughs> <laughs> How exotic. Frankie. Oh, that's what she said. This is only a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in this song, Billy, as we said, talks about a lot of nostalgic references, which he just did in a song we recently did. It's still rock and roll to me. And then, uh, you know, he's really into this, putting in these little references. And then he went to the extreme with it. And we didn't start the fire where he just made the whole song that way. It kind of reminds me, you know, like that old comedy bit where someone will say, you know, after a plane crash, they always find the black box. The black box survives. Why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? And I feel like Billy Joel thinks like, hey. The parts of my song that people like are those references. Why don't I make the whole song out of the references? And that's We Didn't Start the Fire. He just took out all the fat. He's like, I'm just putting the words in. I'm not even talking about anything else. Alon, how many times has he played this live and annoyed everybody in the audience? By doing well, you know, it seems like people like it because they love to sing along to the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like some of the best uh, crowd participation he has in any song. But he has played this 256 times. 
It is the 27th most played song live. When was the last time he played it? Last time he played it was in 2019 on his 70th birthday show. I guess I guess that means he likes it as a personal favorite. Yeah. Well, Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a stumper? I got a good one for you. But again, worded horribly. So just try and power through. Okay. Remember, unlike you, I'm not trying to stump you, stump you. I want you to get it. All right, jerky. (laughs) (laughs) The director of the Keeping the Faith video married his own sort of Christy Brinkley, sort of speak, as his wife appeared as a very sexy mom in 1955, although you wouldn't have thought of her that way in 1985. Who is it? Okay, so someone who was a sexy actress in 1955. Nope, it was a trick question. I didn't say sexy. Oh, okay, okay. I got it, I got it. Okay, so it has to do with Back to the Future. Yes. And it's a director who married Jennifer Jason Lee. No. The worst. She's played the, she played the girlfriend. Who played what's the name of the mom? Oh, she didn't. Oh, what's that? No, mom? is that her name, Jennifer Jason Lee? No, you're an idiot. What's her uh, name? Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, you had it. I, I know you were heading. You knew I meant, yeah, but yes. She's course. in the movie too. Anyway. Um <laughs> who's in the movie? Jennifer Jason Lee? Because she's yeah. not. She's really not the, his girlfriend idiot. in that. We talk about Back to the Future all the time. What's the Doesn't matter with you? Doesn't she play Jennifer? All right. First of all, you're thinking about Elizabeth Shue, who is in two and three. The girl who plays Jennifer in the first one is an unknown. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, what, are you going to question me on this? Are you kidding? You're mixing up the genres of Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Ah, that's what it is. Okay. Let's get back to the question. So the question is, who? what director is You already married? got it. She directed the video? No. I, Her husband. Who was the girl? Oh, I thought you wanted to know who he was, the director. Well, you're never going to guess that. Okay, what, well, what's his name anyway? His name is Howard Deutsch. Deutsch. And he directed Pretty in Pink and the one where they met. Uh, uh, 16 Candles. No, her and Eric Stoltz. Why, I, now I'm spacing. Back to movie. the future. No. Well, he was in it. That's <laughs> at true. first. Caroline in the city. No, but he directed a couple of those. Some kind of wonderful. Okay. And that's where they met. And he directed this video, Keeping the Faith. Howard Deutsch at the time, he was super hot coming off uh, Pretty and Well, actually, he's before Pretty in Pink. So he directed this, then Pretty in Pink, then some kind of wonderful. And now he just does a lot of television. But they're still married. He met her on the set of uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, and they're still married. That's Howard pretty impressive. Deutsch, very impressive uh, director for this time period. And that's why the video is good and not like that a horrible uh, woman that does pottery and directed a music video somehow because <laughs> people were trying to be polite. Alan, do you have a weird one for me? <laughs> no. Yeah. But this, this requires that, you know, eighties music videos. Are you familiar with any? I am slightly familiar with them. Yes. Okay. It's like your whole life for 10 years. All right. Okay. So what music video from 1984, which also features a courtroom scene has an entire jury in blackface. Really? And I can give you another hint if that's no. not enough. It is not enough. Okay. This song is also performed in the Adam Sandler movie, The Wedding Singer. I've never seen that. What? I know. 
Do what's worse is my friend was the lead on Broadway when they bought it as a musical, and I never saw it then either, which is really well, the prices were too high for me at that point. Anyway, they were in blackface. Is it is it a Michael Jackson video? It must. No. I mean, it's not a black performer. No, it's so jury? odd to watch it. You're like, how did this? I guess it yeah. was the 80s. It was OK. Oi. Um, has this person gotten in trouble for doing an entire video of blackface? Oh, I no, know. He's, he's Al- gotten in trouble for other stuff. Is it Al Jolson? No. <laughs> is Jolson <laughs> He made coming? his comeback at the age 90. <laughs> no, he's dead, sir. Is it Neil Diamond playing no. Al Jolson? Oh. No. Um, it's not Neil Diamond playing the jazz singer. Uh, I have. I am stumped. Can I get another hint? Because this is really interesting. Okay. They're this group's most famous song, which isn't the one that this video oh, it's is. A group, yeah, but with a very prominent lead guy. Their most famous song has a reptile in the title. Is it Culture Club? Yes. Wow. Thank you for giving me the hint. Culture Club. What's the song? So it's not Karma Chameleon. It's their other big hit. Well, they had a bunch of them. So okay. Well, I only know two. So it's. Do you really want to hurt me? Oh, well, that was their first one, I believe. Like the, oh, God, I don't even remember that video. That was their first hit. And then they had like a lot of hits. Um, it's so weird. The whole jury is just in like Al Jolson style blackface. Wow. It's I don't Crazy. Well, then they used to call it a minstrel show, but now we realize how racist that is. But uh, wow. Wow. I never would have guessed that. I don't remember that video in the lead. You know why? Because I hated that song. You know? I like it because of it, in The Wedding Singer, it's very funny the way they, they do it. Now I it is it's apparently the eighties was very big for courtroom music videos. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a few other ones. First off, one that this video reminds me a lot of that we have talked about on this podcast, Rappin' Rodney. Right. Also a song that you probably like a lot because you're a big fan of Sammy Hagar. I can't drive 55. 55. I'll never forget that one. In fact, he mentions the judge of the thing. The judge says just enough. Yeah. <laughs> and Rod Stewart had one for the song Love Touch. Love Touch. Oh, that one you knew. (laughs) Well, that's because it's from the movie Legal Eagles. I never heard of it. Well, why would you? It's uh, with uh, Robert Redford and Deborah Winger, who we spoke about because of Officer and a Gentleman when we were playing the other song that was uh, in the eyes. It all comes together. Yes. But uh, yes, that's why that was a courtroom scene, because it was uh, from the movie. Hmm. And back then they used to take whatever the movie was and kind of put the movie with clips together. And you probably noticed in the love touch video that there's clips of Robert Redford in the video. And you're probably sitting there. Why are there clips of Robert Redford kissing this girl and kissing Daryl Hannah in this music video? Were you questioning that or did you not watch it? (laughs) I I watched bits and pieces of it. So I think after 20 seconds, I saw enough of it and I was like, this is it. So I didn't even notice that kind of funny that you would sit there watching like, you know, you don't know what's from the movie and why should you? It's it's a very little known movie. And but we would have to question why? Why why would Robert Redford uh, be in a music video like this? Isn't he too big for this? This is so strange. (laughs) Well, Rod Uh, Stewart's a big star. I guess he would do it. That movie was directed, I believe, by Ivan Reitman, who had just come off Ghostbusters. Oh, so it was a big deal for him and it didn't do very well. Daryl Hannah, Robert Redford, Deborah Winger. It's an excellent cast with a good director and didn't, uh, but did okay. But it was, and with an amazing song, that Love Touch song, it's fantastic. It's one of my favorite songs. I actually play that often just walking around the city. It's really? got a steel drum to it. Love Touch. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get it. Oh, you're going to get a big love touch. I hate the chorus, but the verses are excellent. 
Hmm. Ooh, dun, 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 uh, baby, I don't know why. Bum, ba, doo, doo, doo. I want to feel the breathless and that you come to every night. Just ever changing love is pushing me too far. I feel the need to reach you right now, wherever you are. I'm keeping the faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love touch. I have a nice cold beer in the shade. Robert Redford. <laughs> okay, so Dave, my weird Alon parody for keeping the faith is called Keeping the Fork. Man, you stink. All right, that's stink. What? Why? Well, all right, all right. You know what? I haven't heard it. You have a plan. I don't know if I should explain why this was called that at the beginning, or maybe the lyrics will make it clear. I'm hoping the lyrics get you out of this. I have <laughs> to say that everybody is sitting there going, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> all right, all redeem right. yourself. I was sitting here forever until they took my order. And my sandwich came out with a hair under the bun. Oh, when the waiter brought the bill, I was charged for every refill of my fountain coke. Yeah, that's why I'm keeping the fork. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keeping the fork. I'm going to do the bridge also. Oh, God. I had such a lousy experience, but I'm too guilty to leave a bad tip. I want some revenge on this restaurant. I could go on to Yelp and leave a bad review, but instead I'm keeping the fork. Hey now. I'm, hey now. I'm sorry, that was, uh, that, that was awful. Um, have you never stolen silverware from a restaurant that's done you wrong? No, I have not. Are you better than me? <laughs> oh. Let he who has not stolen a spoon throw the first stone. <laughs> well, see, now this is funny. But I was unfortunately really cringing the whole time. And I don't think I've ever done that in any of your I parodies. think you're wrong about this. I think this is one of my top 58. I guess we'll see what the, uh, the what the listeners say, what the audience has to say about this. I believe it is up there with the Titanic, but uh, which is ironic that your worst song is about a ship that goes down sinking. <laughs> but uh, we'll see. If I had said keeping the knife, would that have... I'm just uh, workshopping here. Yeah, I, I think it had to be something that rhymed with faith would have been better. And I don't know what that would be, but you know, you, you still want me to keep this in though, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. This is one of my uh, favorites. I was like, I told my wife, I said, you know, I think I might want to write the entire song of this story of like a terrible restaurant. And then for some reason, I'm just like some jerk who's right. pocketing a fork. Then once again, we leave it up to you, Mr. And Mrs. Front Porch to tell us in the Instagram room. If you feel like I do, or if you think Elon should continue writing, keeping the fork, <laughs> you could go on to Instagram and leave a bad review, or instead you could keep a fork. Hey now. Well, folks, that was keeping the faith. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Have you ever stolen silverware from a restaurant? Should Joe Piscopo be replacing the music video with someone relevant like Dave Chappelle? Do you know what Diddy Bop shades are? 
Are you surprised that Dave knows so much about legal eagles and Holmes and Yo-Yo? <laughs> and are you excited for the next K song? Oh wait, that was it. We're out. <laughs> well, until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Oh, you know I'm with